producers behind the scenes at Score North and 1500 ESPN have sports opinions. So they want you to hear them. It's the perfect digital sports soapbox to scratch that Minnesota sports itch. This is the Score North Taxi Squad. Buckle up, everybody. It's time for another episode of the Taxi Squad. Alongside me tonight, Mr. Jason Stormer, live from the uh, the Score North studios uh, down in St. Paul. We have Mr. Artis Woods in the building as well, and this is going to be a juicy matchup because we have the Vikings and Eagles. Artis' diehard team. Uh, this is going to be fun. I'm AJ Fredrickson with you tonight as well. Uh, guys, I'm not going to beat around the bush. <laughs> Week one was atrocious. The Vikings fall to the Buccaneers in just one of the most I, – I didn't expect such a lackluster performance, um, especially in the second half. I know Justin Jefferson was uh, tremendous. He was really doing everything, also in the sense of defense, because he laid the boom after that uh, interception in the red zone. But th- th- this matchup with the, the Philadelphia Eagles has been – something that I've been dreading now for the past 48 hours and will be, I might even lose sleep about it tonight, honestly, just because of about a year ago, we had the same sort of situation. It's going to be prime time, all eyes on the Vikings. And now after this loss against the Buccaneers, I am legitimately worried. Um, I think they're going to have to have it. I don't think it can be a, a much worse performance than what we saw, but it's such a better team that they're going up against artists. I know you hold the Eagles near and dear to your heart. So when you, you're rooting for the Eagles in this one, correct? So? Uh, it's it's the one. Oh, time. Come on, it's the come one on. time. It is the one time a year. If the Minnesota Vikings match up with my Philadelphia Eagles, it is the one time I am not rooting for the Vikings. Unless they meet up in the playoffs, then all bets are off. But you guys have to excuse me today. I have to gotta be who i am man i gotta rep the the eagle green i gotta wear the sweater you know i gotta have the green microphone you know i just i have to stay i have to stay true to to my team man. i have to you know okay now going into fair. going into tomorrow's matchup before we kind of really do dig into it based uh off the latest injury reports let's look at uh things on both sides here for the minnesota vikings today garrett bradbury still out did not practice i believe it's a back injury that he suffered on sunday that's still persisting so he uh was totally inactive today uh christian derisaw and marcus davenport both were limited participants in practice today for the vikings on the other side of things i think this is where it gets a little um maybe not spicy is the right adjective but it does kind of add a little intrigue to the matchup reed blankenship and james bradbury along with canon kenneth gainwell all did not participate in practice today for the eagles fletcher cox was a limited participant he also was yesterday as well so he is listed as questionable heading into the thursday night matchup two starters on the defensive side of the ball for uh for the eagles i th- i think that's going to benefit the vikings especially off such a poor performance offensively against the buccaneers yeah. Yeah. Okay. And including that as well, Nicobe Dean, I believe, just got put on IR as well. So oh, another loss for yes, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. And he's a really good linebacker. Um, yeah. Uh, you can make an argument that the injuries are piling up here early in the season more for the Eagles than the Vikings. But like, considering Darisaw is one of the guys that's hurt right now, and Garrett Bradbury has been ruled out for this game already. He's not going to play. I'm very nervous for the Vikings offensive line. Um, even if Austin Schlotman did. He actually did okay when he came in for Bradbury against the Buccaneers, but 
considering what we know about that Eagles pass rush and everything and how it's just tormented the Vikings for what seems like five years now, um, I, I'm, I'm pretty worried. Uh, even if, you know, maybe some players actually played decent on Sunday, even though maybe it didn't look like it because, I mean, the Vikings offensive line definitely did look rough against that Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense that we probably didn't put enough respect on their names, as well as Baker Mayfield, gentlemen. Uh, we owe an apology to Baker Mayfield because even if he didn't have the greatest game against the Vikings, uh, he he won the game against the Vikings. It wasn't that repeat of when he was with the Browns a couple of years ago. So did, did he did he win yeah. the game or did the Vikings give them? Because it, it seems like the Vikings kind of handed those guys the game on a silver platter. I mean, it's, I, I, you could say that they fumbled it. Yeah, literally. In the same way that the Eagles almost fumbled the game away to the Patriots last week. I'm sorry, literally. you guys did everything to literally. lose that game. You you really I, did. did. I, I de- they did, and and that's why. You know, even though I have all this green on and my microphone is green, <laughs> much like last season, <laughs> last season, I came into this matchup week two. I was nervous because, you know, the Vikings were fresh off of a win against Green Bay where they dominated Green Bay, looked really good. And Philadelphia came off of a game where they beat the Detroit Lions 38 to 35. Detroit, again, dropped 35 on a defense that I thought would really slow them down this week. Honestly. I'm even more nervous if I'm being completely honest. You know, the teams are much different than they were last year. Obviously, again, you guys mentioned the injuries that the Eagles have on top of, you know, the players that didn't resign with the team. The defense as we stand today does not quite look like the defense it was last year. Now, again, it's going into week two. We'll see how they rebound after having a rough week last week. The Vikings coming off of an L. You know, uh, I feel like a humbling experience for the Vikings on top of coming off of the fact that they got demolished last year in Philadelphia. They're going to be hungry for a win. And, you know, I love I love Slay. Everyone knows this. Is he going to shut Justin Jefferson down again? I'm not sure. The middle of our defense is a massive hole. And I mean a massive hole. So if you move JJ in a slot, you move Addison in a slot. TJ Hawkinson, any of those guys in that area, the middle of the field will be wide open. So if the Vikings can find a way, and I, it's not going to be easy, but if they can find a way to neutralize the Eagles' defensive line, they can put up points, and it can turn into a shootout, which is something I do not want. So I'm actually kind of nervous, guys. I'm not going to lie. I don't think this is going to be an easy win like how last year was at off of Philadelphia. Now, am I picking Philadelphia to lose? Negative. No. But no. – do I think it's going to be a 24-7 or 31-8 to, to, to eight type of game? No, I think this is going to be a, a – let's just – I don't want to expose the score yet, but a really close game, maybe even down to the wire in Philadelphia. And, Artis, you just kind of teased it there. You mentioned uh, Darius Slay, big play Slay. I mean, this guy last season uh, was a nightmare in that game uh, out in Philly against the Vikings. So, Artis, I'm going to pose this question first to Jason – it was a big first half on Sunday against the Buccaneers for Justin Jefferson. He ended the day with nine catches of 150 yards. However, he only had two catches in the second half. Um, it was almost like he wasn't even there at times. How confident are you that they're going to get him more involved throughout the entirety of the game tomorrow night out at uh, out in Philadelphia? Now, I'd feel better. I mean, first of all, I mean, Justin Jefferson just putting up a pedestrian 150 is so casual to us Vikings fans that that's just so impressive that he can just get to that number and just we're like, yeah, it's another walk in the park for that guy. Um, Obviously, JJ's got to be out 
for blood in this game because of what happened in the last time they went to Philly last year. Big play slay, covered him like a blanket. I'm assuming that J.J. remembers all that. I'm assuming J.J. wants to do something about it. And considering the pouting face that J.J. had on the sideline at the end of that game, I mean, I just kind of feel like he's he's ready to kind of just you know explode and maybe have a big game in Philly. Um, if the rest of the team can kind of make up for his lack of production. I'll feel a little bit better if JJ doesn't have a massive game, if he even has less than the yards that he had in week one, if this means we see more of TJ Hawkinson. I mean, Josh Oliver kind of looked a little bit like tight end one against the Buccaneers. I'd like to see more Hawkinson if possible. Obviously, I hyped up KJ Osborne to an insane degree on last week's show. And you know what? I'm still pulling for him. I still want him to have a great season. Um, I got to temper my expectations a little bit. I said I'm hoping for a thousand yard season after that first game. I don't think that's going to happen. Not because KJ is not a, not a good wide receiver, but Jordan Addison showed out that that game with that touchdown, the 39 yard touchdown pass from Kirk Cousins. Um, by the way, targeting that rookie cornerback for the Buccaneers as well. They went after him, and that was a good thing. Um, obviously, the rest of the game didn't go well. Um, geez, it's so hard as a Vikings fan not to just have some form of PTSD when you go into a game like Philly, especially because we're dealing with the exact same thing we did last week, last year. Week two, primetime game. It's just literally a recycle of last year, so it's hard to like purge that memory Um from your mind as a Vikings fan, but still like Artis said, like the Eagles made a ton of mistakes against the Patriots and the Patriots, you know, they're not pushovers as long as Bill Belichick is there, you know, they're going to put up a fight. Um, the, the whole season, I don't know how well that's going to go, but the, the Eagles just made some sloppy plays at the end of that game. Now, the comeback, though, is that the Eagles put themselves in a the position at the beginning of the game to have a big lead, gave themselves a little cushion, and that's ultimately why they were able to win the game. They gave themselves room to make mistakes. Um, but this is the NFL. You can't t- make too many mistakes without eventually it costing you, and it almost cost the Eagles um, if the Patriots, if that, honestly, if uh, the two-point conversion didn't get called for a penalty. I mean, that game would have been tied and would have probably gone into overtime. Um, I think Justin Jefferson will have a good game. I don't think he will completely disappear like he did week two last year. Again, I think he's got revenge on his mind. And again, I mean, the secondary for Philadelphia is bruised and beaten with no James Bradbury. All the pressure is going to be on big play slay. Not that he can't get it done or anything like that, but he is going to be feeling the weight of pretty much having to deal with the the most fire that the Vikings can throw at them. So, um, yeah, JJ will be okay. I mean, this has happened before, guys, where JJ's had slow second halves. This has kind of been just a a trend of his career. But I don't think, like you guys kind of said, like it's not really JJ's fault that these things are happening because obviously he's uber, uber talented and can get it done. It's just the play calling and the quarterback kind of get kind of funky when the Vikings are playing from behind. And I think that kind of showed itself on Sunday in the loss of the Buccaneers. But I I think JJ will have a good game against the Eagles. I just don't know how good of a game, you know? Yeah, I think again, I think again, he's going to have a good game. I think he's going to have a solid game. I don't, again, like you said, I don't know how great of a game, but if I'm KLC, I'm moving them around in the offense. I'm forcing the Philadelphia Eagles to make Darius Slay, you know, chase him around the field. That's exactly what I'm doing. You know, again, no James Bradbury on the other end. You know, you got Josh Job out there, who's a young cornerback who hasn't seen a lot of regular season action. You got Maddox in the slot. Maddox is a really good corner or a really good slot corner, but he's not slay. He's not going to necessarily stop Justin Jefferson. So move him around in the offense, you know, because Sean Desai, Eagles defensive coordinator, doesn't necessarily want slay following him around the entire game. 
He will prefer him to follow him around probably on crucial third downs, a couple of fourth downs if they go for it. But that's probably not what the Philadelphia Eagles want to do. So force them to do something that they don't want to do. And that opens up the field for guys like Jordan Addison, guys like TJ Hawkinson. And again, as much as I hate to say it, the middle of the field will be open. <laughs> it will be open. So I'm, I'm expecting a very solid game from Justin Jefferson. Honestly, I'm expecting an even bigger game from TJ Hawkinson. I think this is a TJ Hawkinson game. I really do. Because if the middle of the field is open, a tight end should feast, right? I, he He's going to do his thing. You know, that's that's not, you know, Irv Smith Jr. out there who dropped a huge, a huge pass last time these two teams played. And that would have, you know, he catches that pass. That's a touchdown last year. And it swings the momentum of the game completely. And so there is, it's a lot of differences between last year and this year. The two teams look completely different. You know, having Jordan Addison and Hawkinson, you know, on the same team is much different than what they had last year. And the Philadelphia Eagles have to combat that um, again It's going to fall on the Philadelphia Eagles. If they want to win the game, it's going to fall on the defensive line. You got to get constant pressure on on Kirk Cousins at the end of the day. That's the only way the Philadelphia Eagles win this game, because if Kirk has time to throw in the pocket, we saw what Mac Jones did last week. Kirk is going to do more. And so it, it should be interesting. At least but he should do more. Game, yeah answer the question again directly i think jj is gonna have a solid i will be shocked as much as i love slay i will be shocked if slay shuts him down again that would be bonkers to me shifting gears from the like receiving game to the running game we saw our first action of our i think the sh- our show's favorite backup turn bell cow alexander madison unfortunately a lot of vikings uh twitter out there was not in the favor of the bell cow actually coming out the past year. It was 11 carries for 34 yards on the ground for Alexander Madison. He had three receptions for 10 yards. One of those did result in a touchdown. Um, I might be in the minority here, but I think that the box score isn't going to do him justice there because there were some runs there. Sure. He did get stuffed. And there was a couple instances where it's just like, ah, darn it. Like, yeah, we're acting, we're asking for a little bit more, but personally, I'm, I'm I want to give him some more time. Cause I think, he did pass the eye test to an extent. It wasn't a flying colors. I I would say maybe a C plus or a, a B minus. But um, like given given the result of the game, I think that does kind of sh- cast a a gray light or a bigger shadow just on everybody else's performance. Um, starting off with you, artists, because you've been advocating for Alexander Madison now for so long on this show. Um, what are you expecting out of him? Do you th- expect him to be a big player? Uh, against Philly, I, I know they do have some great run stoppers, and it's always tough when you have a guy like uh, Fletcher Co- Fletcher Cox, who right now is listed as questionable on the opposing defensive line. But Josh Sweat, Zach Cunningham, it's uh, th- those guys get in there and they they clog those trenches. Yeah, uh, honestly, no, I don't expect I don't expect much from him this game um, because the Vikings' offensive line does not look great right now. Um, you got some injuries on the offensive line. Um, and I just think our defensive line is too nice. I think it's, <laughs> I think they're really good up front. <laughs> I think, I think, I think they're going to slow the run down. Now you can open it up a bit, you know, throw a couple of screens here, kind of keep us on our toes, which I think you should do, you know, focus on getting the ball out early. So it doesn't allow pressure to get home. But as far as the running game, you know, I talked about how I think, you know, Slay shutting down JJ will be a complete shocker. If Alexander Madison rushes for a hundred yards in this game, I would be stunned. I will be stuck. And if he does, they win the game. <laughs> they win the game at that point. Um, so I, I don't I don't believe that is going to happen because I just think the offensive line and the defensive line is 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 such a it's such a bad matchup for the Vikings that 
I think that their game is going to be predicated on throwing the ball and getting it out quick. So I don't think he's going to have much of a of an impact on the ground this game. Yeah, no, I expect a lot of screen passes from the Vikings, very short yardage throws, a lot of slant routes, that kind of thing. Because, I mean, yeah, even though there's injuries to the Eagles defense right now, I mean, it's still a formidable front no matter what. It's got to be better than 11 carries for 34 yards, though, eventually. I'm, I'm just going to say that right now. Um Alexander Madison is not the reason why we lost to the Buccaneers by by any stretch of the imagination. It was the costly turnovers. It was Ed Ingram punching the ball out of Kirk Cousins' hands. I got to take a second about Ed Ingram here, guys. This is like the third or fourth time now that he's either stepped on Kirk Cousins' foot or he's now, I guess, punching the ball out of his hands. Look, freak plays happen in football. I understand this. There appears to be a pattern here with this guy getting in his quarterback's way at the worst possible times. I I don't know how you fix this kind of thing because I've never seen a guard just you know literally step on quarterback's feet like this. And I don't I don't know what you'd have to do at practice to fix this kind of thing. He also had the worst PFF grade out of anybody on our offensive line, so like I'm already kind of like uh on Eddie Ingram, but my guy, especially now that we got the Eagles on a short week, like you got to figure out a way to just not let these things happen to you. I, I don't know if you're like the most unlucky right card in the whole wide world, but this has happened too many times, too many times for me to keep my sanity. So please, Ed Ingram, best possible, stay as far away from Kirk Cousins as you can. And actually, if you're doing your job, that would be the case because he's he'll have a nice clean pocket behind you and you're pushing Eagles on the line, you know, just like that and everything. Sorry. End of rant. I'm just... Ed, I thought we were screaming that about Donatel last year. Ed, and now we're doing about Ingram. Ed, okay. Anyway, I'm done. What were we talking about again? I no, totally, I, I, just, I, I totally just, just went on a tangent there. They're just, they're uh, frustration. Yeah, that, yeah. Alexander right Madison, Alexander Madison. Let's let's get let's get to 50 yards today. Even 75 yards, that would really be great. Maybe get some running with Ty Chandler in the backfield too. And by the way, if we're going to switch field for a second, if DeAndre Swift could, you know, get a couple carries this game with Kenneth Gainwell out because he's on my fantasy team, that would be great. Um, but yeah, I mean, if the Vikings are going to, like you said, Artis, if, our, if Alexander Madison goes for 100 yards, I would lean towards the Vikings in this game. I don't think that is going to happen, but it, it, I need more than 34. Um, I, I just do. I mean, again, he's not. that is not the reason why we lost on Sunday, but it'll be a big help if we can get the run game established and then there's not as much pressure on Kirk to maybe maybe do things that maybe would make him uncomfortable and stuff like that. I don't know, but uh, it, it needs to be better than 34 yards. And, you know, we're not obviously Kirk's not going to run the ball or anything like that. So it's got to exclusively come for that posi- from that position. We don't have the benefit of having a guy like Jalen Hurts who can run the ball. It's got to be done. I don't know if it's going to happen this week, but it's got to be done, especially because, again, we have all hyped up Alexander Madison to be the heir apparent to Dalvin Cook, who he looked okay too in his debut with the Jets. He had 13 carries for 33 yards, so Dalvin Cook didn't light the world on fire either. And so it's got to be better. It it should be better, just maybe not this week because it's the Eagles. You know what I mean? I think it'll be better than 34 yards. I, I I wouldn't be surprised if Madison got at least 50 in this game for sure. If you would have talked to me at this point last week and you would have said, hey, just so you know, Todd Bowles is going to outcoach Kevin O'Connell this weekend. I would have said you are an absolute liar. But that ended up being the case. It was one of the worst coaching performances by KOC, I think, mm. in his tenure with the Vikings, maybe since the Dallas game last year. Mm. It was a rough go. Um, and maybe chalk it up to just week one frustrations. But there needs to be 
a little bit of a reset in the coaching room on this week turnaround. I don't want to do the the cliche spin zone of saying, you know, quick turnaround. So you're going to be able to go ahead and maybe wipe the slate clean. And, you know, you can immediately look towards the next week. It'd be easier to say that if it wasn't the Eagles, you know, <laughs> if, if you had yeah. somebody like, uh, you know, one of these other bottom barrel teams with the Eagles, these guys are going to be a powerhouse the entire season. Um, what do you, what do you guys maybe want to see in terms of the coaching and how just the game, the game management more sense uh, from Kevin O'Connell moving into Thursday's matchup again, was, this is, Oh, sorry. Artist, go ahead. Um, I would just say, you know, I feel like a key to beating Philly right now is finding a way to dominate the time of possession. You know, we just seen pretty much the Tampa Bay Buccaneers do that in the second half of the game this past week. You know, there's a way you could do that to the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, it might not be through the run game like how Washington did against, against Philly last year. But again, you mix in the run, you mix in some screen plays here and there, some short passes, kind of, you know, choose some clock and just kind of just take your time going up and down the field, force Philadelphia to get the ball in their hands and feel like they got to you know, go, go, go to put up points because, you know, they only have limited time and opportunity. And again, you know, this, I hate to harp on my defense, but I'm not very confident in my defense right now. And so I feel like if you, I feel like there's a way to dominate time of possession against Philadelphia right now, but you know, you have to be creative offensively with that offensive line playing the way it's playing. As far as Minnesota, you have to be creative because you get in third and third, you know, third and eight, third and 10, and Jalen Carter trots out there with Jordan Davis and Fletcher Cox, and it will get ugly quickly. And so it's it's all about being creative on the offensive side of, of the ball. Truthfully, I've did a lot of talking about offense for the Vikings. I don't know what you do defensively. <laughs> I'm just you know, I, I just have to be honest. Like, you know, you can try to do exactly what the what you know Patriots did, you know, this this past week, send some blitzes, throw some different exotic looks out there, you know. You know, try to avoid the big play. Um, Philadelphia is big for that, especially last season. I think they were like number two in the league for, you know, big plays, um, throwing down the field to A.J. Brown and to um, Devontae Smith. So, you know, obviously try to keep everything in front of you as much as possible. But outside of that, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles are coming off of a game where they didn't look the best either. And I'm sure they're going to want to rebound offensively. So I, I I don't really know what you do outside of preventing the big play <laughs> defensively, but offensively, that's why that's what I'm saying. Offensively, choose some clock, dominate time of possession, you know, be creative on offense because you're going to need the points. You will need the points. This feels like one of those times where we get, we almost need to see those as advertised with the original hire, those KOC like tricks up the sleeve, that kind yes. of the wizardry in offensive scheming and just play calling that, I'm not saying we haven't seen yet, but I haven't really gotten the full meal of yet. So mm. I, I think this is the week to do it. But uh, Jason, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I it is one game, so I don't want to go too heavy into KOC's play calling. I just, again, it's so easy as Vikings fans to look at maybe other teams in the division, like the Lions and the Packers, and see all the risks that they took, especially the Lions against the Chiefs. I mean, Dan Campbell is just... I, I don't want to say what I was about to say next because it's inappropriate for, for YouTube. Uh, he's got big you-know-whats. Um, and so, I, I, yeah, I don't want to rag too much on KOC, but but you guys are kind of right. Like, 
Now, now I, I think the appeal to KOC coming in wasn't necessarily that he was going to be this game planning and game calling savant, kind of like in the way that Sean McVay was. I think the appeal with him was that, all right, he is kind of in terms of like his coaching behind the scenes, the complete antithesis of what Mike Zimmer was. And we need a guy like that. And so, yeah, I've, I admit even too, as a fan, like, yeah, I'm kind of still waiting for some of those crazy offensive plays. And, you know, maybe it's a personnel issue where it's like, oh my gosh, KOC really put a stamp on that one. And that really hasn't happened yet but again he you don't really need to like have a lot of flash and pizzazz to be a good coach in the NFL I mean Bill Belichick doesn't get cute with anything and he is the most successful head coach of all time um in in terms of something I am optimistic with the Vikings in the situation we talked about the the Cowboys game last year where they got absolutely just beat down It, it was embarrassing short week though they played the Patriots on Thanksgiving and they were able to win that ball game And in that week, I remember us talking about it, how it did feel like the Vikings were able to just put away everything that happened in that Cowboys game and were able to reset and have a good game against the Patriots. And that's exactly what ended up happening. Um, Do I see that exact scenario playing out this way this week? Maybe, maybe not. I'll let you know when we predict the score. Little tease for you. Um, But it's it's. It's obviously going to be tough, and I I know like these are football players, and it's not the same players on the team um, as as previous teams, but like, yeah, I'm I'm sure a lot of the Vikings players are hearing all the chatter about the Vikings going back to Philly, and that's going to be on their minds and everything, and it's going to be a a mental obstacle that they're going to have to overcome in some capacity, but again, these are multi-million dollar paid professional football players. Uh, Please find a way to overcome any of that kind of stuff. I know it's not easy, but you paid good bucks to do so, so please do so if you don't mind. Um, Yeah, but in in terms of overall optimism for this game, I mean, I don't know if you guys want to throw our money where our mouth is here pretty soon or right now but I mean I don't know how I don't know how confident I, I I'm actually honestly I'm surprised that Artis is not more confident I thought you'd be more confident in this game I don't know why I, I see I wanted to come in here like being able to trash talk and everything but my team completely sucked week one and I feel like you're not very optimistic about your team even though they won that like I don't know I, I feel like there's no fire right now it kind of buns me out but yeah, man, it's, it's also it's, short week. Not as much time for it to build up. No, nah, not even. It's just, you know, I, I felt again, I felt the same way last year. If you guys remember, you know, last year's episode, mm-hmm. I was like, uh, like, you know, it's <laughs> this this past. How that work was, out for you, though? I mean, yeah, it worked out great. It worked out great. <laughs> but again, you know, it, there's there's a lot of differences on both sides of the ball, man. We had a lot of advantages last year that we don't have, you know, with the middle of the field being wide open. You just, you know, yeah. Now, I have a lot of confidence in my defensive line, but, you know, I, I'm not sleep on the Vikings coming off of a L and also coming off of getting absolutely trashed last season. I, I'm not sleep on them and their, you know, um, their mental makeup to bounce back and to say, we got we got killed by this team last year. We're not going to let it happen again this year, you know? So, but I don't want to be the first to throw a score out there. I'll let you know. <laughs> Before, before well, we all we start. all were wrong last week. I don't think it yeah, matters so which one of us yeah. goes first. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, before we get to predictions, I did sure. see. I want to say it was Nick Sirianni who had a quote after the Eagles win uh, Week One. It was kind of about it wasn't the Vikings or just the Vikings that struggled offensively in week one. The Eagles at times had their own share of like frustrations, and I believe his quote was something along the lines of he was asked, you know, hey, do you 
would you have rather maybe played your starters a little bit in the preseason? He goes, yeah, you know, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll think about that moving forward. That might've been a little more beneficial just to get those guys a little more, uh, you know, game time, knock, knock the rust off. Those joint practices can only do so much and simulate, you know, an actual game time thing like the preseason does as well. Um, but I think now that they have had that week one to really shake things off, um, artists, I'll start with you. Cause I know you watched every snap of the Eagles game this past weekend. How much trouble is this D- Vikings defense going to be in? Because they had a tough time at points containing Mike Evans and Chris Godwin with uh, Baker Mayfield throwing them the ball, but now they're ramping it up to Jalen hurts, uh, AJ Brown, Devonte Smith. I mean, this, this offense is, is something else. And they might, they might be missing Kenneth Gainwell given the injury status of him. But um, with those types of receivers and that quarterback, we, we know what a mobile quarterback did this Vikings team last year. That being said, Brian Flores at the helm now for the defensive play calling for the Vikings. Um, it, it's, it's going to be a matchup that I'm going to enjoy watching all day. Maybe at times through, you know, closed eyes and I'm <laughs> watching a horror movie. So it's going to be a nerve wracking uh, battle there. What, what are your thoughts ours? Um, t- t- again, I, I don't know how you stop them. I, I don't, I don't know. I think the Patriots had certain matchups that worked in their favor. I think catching the, the Philadelphia Eagles without any preseason reps, which I want to quickly say, no, don't play your starters in the preseason because if somebody gets hurt, we don't care if we lose week one. We want everyone healthy at the end of the day. But back to the defensive conversation, you know, I think the New England Patriots have certain matchups that they could take advantage of. You know, they had a line that was able to get to Jalen Hurts. You know, Judon was doing his thing at the linebacker position. They drafted a young rookie, Gonzalez, that was really doing this, doing a number on A.J. Brown and kind of made life difficult. And so Byron Murphy can kind of mimic a lot of the same things. But as far as the actual, like, as far as the actual secondary coming out and sawing down the Philadelphia Eagles, I'm not sure how that's going to work out. Um, you're going to need um, guys to get to Jalen Hurts. You know, you're going to need guys to get to Jalen Hurts and make his life difficult. But the Philadelphia Eagles are coming off of such a bad game offensively that it kind of makes me think that they're due for a bounce back game as well. You know, they barely got out of that game. They kind of squeaked by. Um, we talked about how, you know, they went forward on fourth and two and Jalen Hurts, you know, fumbled, fumbled before that. And, you know, they tried to basically give the game to the New England Patriots. And if Jalen Hurts is made of the stuff that I believe he's made of, he's going to look to bounce back in a big way. So that's where it gets interesting because I am very nervous about my defense. I am not nervous about my offense. Um, no. I do believe the offense will put up a good amount of points in order to, you know, handle business. So, um, but Brian Flores is a great DC and he had a really good week this past week. Like Baker didn't go out there and throw for 300 yards. You know, they didn't rush for, you know, a hundred to 200 yards. They didn't combine nothing or 500 yards. They really did. Now they had a hard time getting off the, getting off the field in the second half, but it's not like they went out there and got smoked. Like, you know, the, the team of last year. So they are better defensively. I just don't know if it's good enough to to slow the Eagles down fresh off of a week where the offense wasn't really clicking on all cylinders like they prefer. Maybe if they had a really big time week against the Patriots, they'd be due for a down game. But it's the home opener, first game in Philly of the for the year. And I can see Jalen Hurts reverting back to who he was last year in this game in all honesty. Jason, give me your give me a feeling of your level of concern for the Vikings defense on Thursday. Um well I mean no matter I mean 
It's hard not to just have concern with the Vikings defense every week, no matter who they play, right? But yeah, you're playing Philly, so you're a little bit extra concerned. Although, again, if the Eagles' offense is turnover prone, um, that might be this might be the time to strike for the Minnesota Vikings. If the Eagles are still trying to figure things out, get in the swing of things, and eventually turn into a Super Bowl contender, then you got to strike while the iron's hot. So, in a weird way, even though I totally said I want DeAndre Swift to get a ton of carries for my fantasy team this week, as a Vikings fan, I would actually be pretty confident if Jalen Hurts actually ran the ball a decent amount. Maybe not a, to a point where he's absolutely destroying you and you lose the ball game. But getting him out there, um, getting the football exposed a little bit. Um, he needs to learn how to slide better, Artis. He, he really does. I know. I know he's got the legs, and so he just he just thinks he can do all these things, and he obviously can. But he, he's got to he's got to slide, man. He's got to go over to the baseball field and slide into second base a couple of times with Trey Turner because he plays for the Phillies and he has really smooth slides uh, into the bases. It's uh, weird baseball he, it's not like he doesn't know how to slide. Like he knows how to slide. It 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 it. And, and you know. And, and but bo- I appreciate that, him, though. It bothers but me. <laughs> you love a football, really but you love a football player that fights for the extra yard. I'm, I'm not going to knock him too hard for that because it's the dog in him, and he wants that, Listen. and and I love that. But you gotta just have a little bit more sense, especially when you're proven to turn the ball over. I, I love a tight end, a receiver, a running back. Um, even if an offensive lineman picks up a fumble off the ground and fights for an extra yard. I do not want my quarterback fighting for extra yards. <laughs> I do not want that. That is that is the last thing I want. That's how you get blown up like how he did in the Patriots game. That's 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 how you get blown up like like how he did in the, in the Bears game yeah. last year and had to miss, you know, a lot of this well not a lot, two games, you know, this previous season. So, I prefer for him to, like mm-hmm. you said, slide and not run as as much. But you know, the yes. Philadelphia Eagles also have a new offensive coordinator as well, and so yeah. same system, but he's making some tweaks. So you, not to, you guys not have a new ball. defensive coordinator too, right? You guys, all your guys side. left. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. I mean, the Eagles got a lot to deal with as well. Um, I expect Dallas Goddard to have more than one target as well. Um, I, I expect him to actually be a factor in this game uh, for a little because I'm sure he wants to have a much better game, uh, especially because he's I mean, he's borderline top five tight end in the league. So I definitely expect him to get a little bit going um, back to the defense. though. like AJ posed, um, did you guys hear the thing that like Baker Mayfield knew all of the Vikings signs in the second half or whatever that he picked up on them? And pretty much whatever signs were coming from Brian Flores' defense on the sideline, um, Baker was pretty much reading them and knew pretty much exactly what was going to happen. Now, now, I mean, this happens all the time in the NFL where, I mean, it, it just does, where players are able to pick up these things on the sideline. But apparently it was like enough of a thing for, you know, articles to be written about it and published, I guess. So if anything... Um, if you can, Brian, find a way to like sure up that signal calling. I don't know if you got to get a little more creative with that, a little more sophisticated. Um, I don't know if you need to do what the Gophers do on the sideline and have a big gigantic banner with a bunch of random pictures on it or something. I'm not really sure what you got to do. But if I hear another report a week from now that like Jalen Hurts was just looking at the Viking sideline and being like, all right, okay, cool. Another uh, run blitz package. Okay, cool. Great. Let's do a let's do a slant route or something like that. Um, I, I don't want to hear anything about that. And it, again, it, I, I should just give credit to Baker Mayfield for being able to pick up on that kind of stuff. But again, it's one game. But if if I hear about this in, in, in next week and even coming weeks, uh, I might have some issues with just how Brian Flores is communicating things to his defense. Um, yeah, I mean, look, they gave up less than a hundred yards to both Evans and Godwin, not combined, but each of them had less than a hundred yards. 
Um, Rashad White didn't do anything against this run defense, and that was without Marcus Davenport, who we still don't know if he's going to play. Um, I honestly, I expect this defense to, in a weird way, even though they're playing the Eagles, to play actually a little bit better. Um, I expect Daniel Hunt. And by, by the way, Daniel Hunter was like in midseason form already in that first game. Had a, had a sack, plenty of pressures. I believe seven tackles total. He totally just looked like regular old Daniel, and that was awesome. I'm so bummed that Marcus Davenport couldn't play in that game. That would have been a huge deciding factor, I think, ultimately for the Vikings. Just didn't work out. So yeah, in a weird way, I'm a little bit more confident about the defense going into Philadelphia, which is. Very weird to say out loud, um, but yeah, if, if we need to like get the signal calling just a little shirt up, if Baker Mayfield or guys like Baker Mayfield are able to pick on up, pick up on it that quick and easy. All right, I think we've done enough yapping about what we expect. Let's talk about our predictions for the game <laughs> heading into the uh, the game as of right now. I should say it's Wednesday night when we're recording this. Minnesota is currently six and a half point dogs. The over under is set at 49 and a half points. Um, Jason, I'm, we're, we're going to start with you. We're going to start okay. with you. Walk us through your prediction here. Wait, wait, one, one, wait. one last thing before you give this prediction. I don't know if you guys know of this quote from Justin Jefferson, but I wanted to say this before you gave your prediction. So Justin Jefferson via NBC sports heading into this matchup said, we definitely have some things that we got to get back at them on having lost last year. And not having the plays that we wanted to go last year, there's definitely some tension going into this game. Yeah. And so, you, he, well, he, you he, pal, you lost week one against the Bucks, and everybody had you favored. There better be some tension going into this game. I'm, I'm just saying, even if you got, even if you had the motivation to get your butt beat back last year, uh, you better find that motivation no matter what. Like, pal. I'm just saying. I don't know. There's, there's plays apparently that they uh, that they wanted last year they couldn't get. Not having those plays hmm. he wanted last year, so. He says there's some tension, so I just want to throw that call out there before you gave your prediction. Just overcome big play slay. I don't know what to tell you, man. I don't know what to tell you. All right, my prediction of this game, kind of mixed based off what I've said mostly throughout this episode. Um, I think if I could go either way on this. I'm ultimately going to predict, uh, like I did in my original season predictions, that the Minnesota Vikings will fall to the Philadelphia Eagles. The final score will be 27 to 21. I am going to ride that uh, that line right there, right at the six, 27 21. Did did kind of good on the on that last week. Um, I expect the run game to be a little bit better. I expect us to not have as many stupid turnovers in this game. Like, I don't think Ed Greengrim will actually punch the ball out of Kirk Cousins' hands at this point. Um, but we are dealing with a banged-up offensive line. No starting center. Christian Derrissaw, limited. Hopefully, he's still going to play, but he's probably not going to be 100%. And again, the Eagles got some defensive issues as well. But if the main guys like uh, Fletcher Cox are going to play, um, what's the name of that rookie defensive lineman that you guys got that fell in the draft? Um, uh, Jalen something. Carter. Jalen Carter, he he's by, and I think he had a really good first game against the Patriots. So uh, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. And, and w- with our backup center, that's just going to be a little bit too much for the Vikings to uh, overcome. Not as bad turnovers, though. Decent defensive game. But again, you're going up against a team primetime that just went to the Super Bowl and it's their home opener. And those Philly fans are going to be just crazy so 27 21 begrudgingly i picked the philadelphia eagles to beat the minnesota vikings all right all right uh artists you want to go next yes i will go next uh 
So I do believe this game will be closer than most people expect. I think some people think that the Eagles are just going to bounce back completely on both sides of the ball and kind of blow the Vikings out. I forget exactly what the spread is. Maybe you said that earlier and I missed it. Six and Um, a half points in favor of the Eagles. Six and a half points. I think the game may be a little closer than that, in all honesty, um, because I just feel like the Vikings offensively, there are some things, like I said earlier, earlier that they can exploit. They can exploit the middle of the field. They can exploit the screen game. TJ Hawkinson. should have a great game in the middle of the field there. So I, I think that KOC will see that, see the deficiencies in the defense. You don't have James Bradbury on the outside. So, you know, Addison will be there. I'm sure he will have a solid game as well. But like I said earlier, defensively is where it gets spicy. I obviously believe in Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. That offensive line didn't play well this past week. I expect them to bounce back. And when push come to shove, I feel like it will turn into a bit of a shootout. But at the end of the day, Jalen Hurts will find a way to get it done at the end of the game. I say a final score of 31 to 28 Philadelphia Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly. Go, birds! Go, birds! (laughs) If you didn't notice, folks, that artist's microphone can change the color green, by the way. I don't know if you uh, saw that. Fun, fun. So, All right, AJ, what you got? I've been kind of saying it since the start of the show. I've been just, I've been dreading this pat, this <laughs> like th- this matchup ever since what I saw at the final whistle on Sunday. Um, I would love to be happily surprised, but I do think the Eagles are going to get uh, the better of the Vikings here. I don't think it's going to be as poor of a performance by the Vikings as we saw against uh, Tampa Bay. I think they're going to lose simply because just well, they do have some key uh, some key injuries, especially with Gad, uh, Garrett Bradbury, but. I think the Eagles are going to win solely because they're going to be the better team. I think artist is on the right track of it being a shootout. So I'm going to predict that it is a 30 to 21 victory for Philadelphia um, on Thursday night. Guys, any final thoughts here before we start to wrap things up? I'm actually kind of disappointed, AJ, because you originally in our schedule prediction had the Vikings going into Philadelphia and winning. And you mentioned last week that you were still on the fence about that, maybe. And I'm just sad to see that you're completely on the other side of this fence now when you have no faith in the hometown purple. I think I'd be delusional after if I was on the fence last week when we recorded delusional to say that I was still confident in win this this matchup like that. There's zero chance, not zero, zero chance of, of like they should be underdogs. Like absolutely. They should be yes. underdogs. There's like, if, if you're going to sit here and tell me to my face that you think the Vikings are going to win by a touchdown or something like that, I it's sure you that's, that's fun. I'll, I'll take what you're having, I guess, but I just, I just don't see a world where you can predict that like with a like good heart. Sure. You can be like, okay, this is a game that sure because it's the Minnesota Vikings, of course they're going to lose to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in week one, and then they're going to spin it around and somehow knock one out against the Eagles in week two. And that'd be the most Vikings thing of all time. And now all of a sudden the season's back on track, but it's just such a tough task against such a tough team. My my final thoughts are, you know, made made a better team win. And next time you guys see me, I will not be wearing this sweater. Um, So again, the one time a year, y'all, the one time a year that I'm rooting against the Vikings, I'm with y'all every other game, but this Thursday, Go birds. And then seriously, birds. Uh, who do I have to talk to at the NFL scheduling office to like, do we have to play the Eagles in Philadelphia week two every season? Like, it just seems like this has happened a billion times. I mean, back to back seasons is okay. Fine. That's like, whatever. But I, 
I swear, if we play you guys again next year, even if it's a U.S. Bank Stadium, I, I might lose my mind. I am so sick and tired of playing you dirty birdies. Because we get our butts kicked pretty much every time we play you. Although Kirk Cousins did beat you guys in 2018. That was pretty cool. That was dirty pretty cool. Birdies. But y'all weren't, y'all, weren't, y'all weren't the Eagles of what you are now. You know what I mean? So... Um, I right. guess my final, oh, sorry, my final oh, thoughts. Um, go Lynx. They start the playoff, WNBA playoffs tonight. They're playing right now uh, in Connecticut, taking on the Sun. Uh, they're already down by seven points. Uh, anyway, and the Twins, uh, Twins had a three and three week, kind of nondescript. Cleveland didn't do anything. We are coasting to this AL Central Division Championship. And we'll, we'll get back to talking about the Twins right when the postseason starts again and through the postseason as well. But as of right now, we are just smooth sailing through this mediocrity we call the American League. Central Division. All right. Well, hey, uh, thank you to everybody that tuned in. Make sure to check out the rest of the Score North family of podcasts with Purple Daily, Mackie and Judd, Before I Die, uh, Purple Daily on Draft. It's I mean, there, there's too much content to not consume. Um, if you are listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, please make sure to like, subscribe, leave a review. Um, if you're on YouTube watching, make sure to hit that uh, subscribe button on the YouTube channel. Um, and as we, as all of us saw after last week, any feedback is appreciated. Any feedback. Oh yes. <laughs> oh yes. Um, yes. but yeah, no, very, very, uh, write a book much- if you have to folks. No, but, but yeah, no, um, well, we'll be back next week. Hopefully, uh, for the sake of me and Jason here with a one and one record for the Vikings, but we will uh, have to wait and see on that one. Um, appreciate you guys tuning in. We'll see you next week.